It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, Matt Hausman here welcoming you again in Getting ready tomorrow, we are going to be celebrating the 4th of July and just celebrating living here in America, being blessed to be here. I was just speaking with my kids a couple weekends back. It was my oldest. It was his 21st birthday and we had everyone in town and just discussing with them how blessed we are to be born here and live here, especially where we are. You know, I grew up down in Florida. You guys have heard that many times. Before I was in Florida, which was in eighth grade when we moved there, I lived in three or four different other states. But now where we are, living outside of Philadelphia, which was the first capital of America, tomorrow is really a cool time to be around here and uh, and celebrating the country's birth. So anyway, go out there, grill some hot dogs, hamburgers, enjoy life, and just celebrate the fact that, uh, and hopefully you're taking Friday off, and enjoy that 4th of July and be safe. But anyway, listen, I want to jump into today some questions that have come up that go a little bit further in depth on the things I've been speaking about for about the last three or four podcasts. So I'm going to jump into those and then also going to go down the road many times when I'm discussing this with people that are engaging us is helping you ask the questions and get you to define what you consider your financial security. To many people, it means different things. How am I going to look at what I have, what I want to do, and be financially secure with being able to do those things? But before we jump into that, let's make sure we give the disclaimer, I don't know you. Well, you know, I might know you, but there's probably a good chance that I don't know you. So therefore, please, please, please do not take what I discuss on this show as direct advice for you. Treat it more as information and education that then you should discuss with your advisor, attorney, CPA, or whoever you normally seek out counsel, if you do seek out counsel. Now, if you would like for me or us to be your advisor, we can certainly have that conversation. But I caution you that normally we only take on about 50% of those that do seek us out. And it's not because we are overly selective. We just feel very strongly that there's a right reason to hire an advisor, but there's also a wrong reason to hire an advisor. So if you'd like to seek us out and have that conversation, there are multiple ways that you can do that. Probably the easiest is to call my office at 610-719-3003. That's 610-719-3003. Or you can simply go to speakwithmatt.com And either way you go, you can schedule a time for us to meet or to simply speak. And if you're not in the metro Philly area or northern Delaware, not to worry. We actually have clients in 10 states, and we're very comfortable with working with clients virtually if that's something you are interested in. All right, so let's jump into this. The first question comes to us from Abe in Maryland. And this is really good. I'm going to make sure, Abe, I actually addressed a couple of these things that I'm going to go through right now on a past podcast. Make sure to go to the show notes at smartmoneyquestions.com. Just click on the link for this one. And then at the bottom of the show notes, we'll have a link to the other couple of podcasts that I'm referencing. So his question is this, I am being forced into an early retirement 
at 57 from my job with the state. Boy, have we been hearing that over the course of the last eight to nine years, forced into early retirement. I'll have a pension. That's great news. But that alone won't be enough to live on. Do I need to find another job since I'm too early for Social Security or to withdraw from my IRAs? I'm also assuming if you work for the state, Abe, that there's probably a 403B there that you might have. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that assumption as we go through this. So first of all, if the pension isn't going to cover what you need to live on, do I need to get another job? More than likely, yes. But even more important than paying for your expenses, I also want to make sure that you're, you might already have this covered, the fact that you're retiring from the state, but make sure that you're also identifying what your health care is going to be. Where is your health insurance going to come from? Is there going to be a cost associated with it? Make sure you really have that because in the event that health care is not provided, you've got many years between 57 and 65 before you're eligible for Medicare. And as I've discussed on past shows, understanding, we'll make sure to reference back on retiring early and the things that you, before the age 65, and understanding the things that you need to address. Healthcare is one of the big things that you're going to want to make sure you have taken care of. Now, the other thing is, let's talk about, we're going to make the assumption, even if I go get a part-time job, is that going to pay the bills? If you have a 403B, or if there happen to be a 401k there, and then we also have IRAs, Do we have Roth 403B or 401k considerations? When you leave your employment there, you'll have the ability to roll those out. If you have Roths, one of the things you can look to do is you could roll that to a traditional Roth IRA and be able to take withdrawals, which are the basis, not the gain on those, or or essentially what you have contributed in. You could take that money back and not be subject to that 10% penalty. The other thing that you would want to consider is if you want to take money out of those qualified accounts is what's called the IRS rule of 55. And this is where you're going to want to make sure that you, if you're doing your own taxes, that you're going to want to seek out the professional help of an accountant to address. There could be an option where when looking at the IRS rule of 55, to be able to take money out now, you're still going to, this is out of traditional 403B or 401Ks, you're still going to have to pay ordinary income tax. But there could be a way, I have to say that for compliance, there could be a way for you to not pay the 10% penalty. I also want to make you aware, Abe, that you are in Maryland, you're before the age of 60, so you're also going to be responsible for paying Maryland state tax. But the big thing we want to look to do is can we get away from that 10% penalty. And you could be able to take advantage of that from the IRS rule of 55. So those are a couple things that I would tell you to look at. I would tell you, you know, you're 57 years old, going out and, and getting some type of a job would be the most prudent thing to do before looking at withdrawing out of your uh, the assets that you have accrued and then not having to worry about some of these rules and the taxes and stuff. But one of the most important things that you want to make sure you have addressed is your health care. Health care, you know, I was just on the phone yesterday with a client very similar to this. It wasn't state government. It was county government forced into an early retirement situation about two and a half years out from being able to look at the age of 65. And we were talking about 
with the money that was going to be needed is where are we going to take it from? And you really have to get strategic on doing that because if you're in the marketplace or you're under the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, how much you're going to pay in premium is going to be determined on your total income. In this case, Abe, your full pension is going to count. If you are able to take withdrawals out of the traditional 403B, that's going to count. And that can dramatically skyrocket. And usually what I have found is people, now you're 57, Abe, the clients I have, and I do have clients that are under the age of 60, their premiums are considerably less compared to once you turn 60. I've got some clients that are receiving a $1,300 to $1,400 per month tax subsidy, which brings their health insurance premium down to around $200 to $300 per person in the household. So think about that. If your income starts to climb over what you have estimated your income to be at healthcare.gov to get that subsidy, if it goes over that, you're going to be paying that tax subsidy back. You can go right on your tax return and you can see where it is indicated that in the event you have to pay that subsidy back. And let me tell you something, if you go over that amount, it moves up very quickly on how much you have to pay back. I have seen clients, certain things happen. One client's actually inherited an IRA had to take it all out because of the beneficiary rules. There actually wasn't a beneficiary there and it, it wasn't a big one. But because it dramatically took them over the amount they had estimated, they had to pay about 90% of that subsidy back. So really important, Abe, to make sure that you look at healthcare. And again, we'll make sure to reference the one podcast I did. I actually think I did that about eight months ago, so not in the last three, where I addressed specifically looking at the healthcare options before Medicare and really understanding them. So thanks for that question, Abe. Next one is Blair in Florida. And you know, Blair, I got to tell you, I hear this all the time. And I have been preaching about this one for a long time. And Blair, if you got kids, please let them know the situation you're in. So they don't go down the same road. But his question is this, I was always told that I'd be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, and that I should be putting as much money into my 401k as possible. Now I'm retired and I'm not, and let me tell you, not is capitalized, all three letters, N-O-T, not in a lower tax bracket. All of my savings are going to be taxed as ordinary income. What went wrong? You know, Blair, I hear that one all of the time. And unfortunately, Right now, you're in that situation where everything you're taking out, which is could be moving you into those higher brackets, or many times when we come in and we're engaging with people, one of the first things that I always talk about is where's your money? How is it tax characterized? So we review that. And the next question is how much are you going to need to live and what are your income sources? So if it's like Abe, Abe's got a pension, then he might end up, or obviously he's going to end up getting social security. Those are guaranteed income streams, depending on how big the pension is, which is great. You know, most people don't have pensions. And when you have those, you really have to look at that as a powerful asset that you have. But the other thing that does then is it creates additional or potential additional taxes on your IRA or 401k withdrawal. So what went wrong? Because when I get to the point of Blair asking, so if I'm asking you, okay, well, how much money 
are going to need to live. Rarely, if ever, does somebody come in and we're three or four or five years away from retirement, or they could have retired last week. And I ask them that question. They're never saying to me, or I haven't had anyone say this yet, where their income need post earning a paycheck is half of what they were making before. It is always in between 75 to 100% of what they were making in the past. So this idea and what people have been, the gurus have been talking about forever is to dump as much money into these traditional 401k or traditional 403bs, but they never talk about the exit strategy. Now, one thing, Blair, I would tell you that you do, you would really want to discuss this if you have an advisor, also with an accountant, a CPA, is to analyze what your income needs are today, where your money is, because where the tax rates with the Tax and Job Cuts Act of 2017, they were implemented at the beginning of 18, and they are scheduled to sunset at the end of 2025. Now could be a great opportunity to do a Roth conversion, Now, when we do that, we're creating an additional tax to put it into the Roth. But once it goes into the Roth, what happens? Grows tax deferred, most importantly, comes out tax-free. And then third, currently, is not subject to minimum distribution requirements at whatever that new age is going to be. So the other thing that Congress has already approved, and I did a podcast on this, we'll make sure to put that at the bottom, and it's in the Senate right now is they're talking about extending that minimum distribution age. Congress has approved it at 72. The Senate is talking about taking it to 75. Somewhere in between, it's going to land. But the other thing that they have not done is they are not making Roths subject to those minimum distribution requirements. So it could be a great opportunity to do that if we don't have the money to actually pay that tax that we're creating then it could just be a withdrawal strategy to get money out now invested in after-tax income where we can take advantage of capital gain rates, most importantly, long-term capital gain rates, which can be much more advantageous for you long-term on the tax cost and non-qualified investments. Getting that money out of your qualified retirement accounts now at a lower tax rate. Currently, the tax rate, the way I view it, is very attractive up to, I believe this year, the tax brackets went up to $319,000 for married filing jointly. Now, why would I say that? Well, that's because that tax bracket is at 24%. If you go back and you look at the tax rates that were in effect in 17, a couple that was filing a married joint return, the 25% tax bracket started at 77,000. So let's do the math here. I can go up to 319,000. I'm still at the 24% tax bracket versus when they sunset. And I think we all can agree based on the political environment that's going on right now, more than likely they are not going to make those tax rates for the individuals permanent, right? That hasn't been discussed at all. It's not even on an agenda. So right now, 17 tax rates beginning at 77,000, it went up to 25%. At 156, it went to 28. Then at 237, it went to 33. But currently, we can go to a little over $315,000 and we can be in the 24% tax bracket. Potentially a huge 
savings, upwards of nine points when we think about the upper upper area. So I would tell you, Blair, get proactive in looking at how to withdraw your money. Be aware of that exit strategy. Are you going to pay taxes? Absolutely. But potentially never have to pay taxes again if we have the ability to put them in to Roths. Blair, I hear this one all the time. Many of you listeners have heard me talk about this. Understanding where your money is tax characterized and when you go to spend it, how much Uncle Sam is going to want his hand to be filled with your tax money is extremely important. So now I want everyone to make sure that you talk to your kids. Let's make sure that your kids, because where's the tax rates going to be for them? Now, my oldest just turned, as I mentioned, 21, you know, or if they're in late 20s, in the 30s, even early 40s, where's the tax rates going to be for them? So my recommendation, first of all, when we look at traditional qualified retirement plans, the 401k, the 403b, if they are getting a match, absolutely 100% take advantage of that up to what they can afford, hopefully all of it. So if it's a you know 5% match they can put uh, of their salary and they can do all 5%, that's great. Second is have them ask, this has really been coming around a lot lately, is do they have a Roth option inside their qualified retirement account? Please hear me. I'm not talking about an after-tax investment in the traditional 401k or 403b. I'm talking about a true Roth option. Many of them have that now. Okay, we have it here. And so it's really important to do that. Then what I would tell them to do is start putting whatever they can into the Roth. So I'm going to use that same example. Let's say that someone is getting a match up to 5%. First thing they're going to do, they're going to take advantage of putting up 5%. Second question is, do they have a Roth 401k? Third question is, if I'm putting my money into the Roth, where does my match go? And then find out what that is. Could be that you get to choose where it is. Well, it's not that traditional IRA money or 401k money is bad. We still want to have that there. Maybe they put the 5% that the company is giving them into the traditional 401k. And they put their own contribution into the Roth 401k. Again, the idea is can we get to a point when it's time to start withdrawing that money that we can be tax diversified. Blair, if it was a situation where you had 50% of your money in a traditional IRA, and then you just had 25% in after-tax investments, 25% in a Roth, we can start to negotiate based on our income need where we're taking it from. So please you know, let your kids know that. Don't just max it out into the traditional 401k. Now, if that's all their, if that's the only option that they have and they're still getting a match, absolutely take advantage of it. And what I coach clients, especially because we have many clients where uh, we're advising their kids as well, I just let them know, listen, when you look at what that employer is putting in, understand that's what's going to pay Uncle Sam. Your money is going to come back to you in a more advantageous state, but their money is going to go to pay for that tax. And so that way we're managing their expectation. So in this case, as what Blair talks about, I'm not in a lower tax bracket. Now they know how they're going to pay for the taxes when they take those withdrawals. So really, really important to understand where we're putting our money, what's going to be the exit strategy, what are the tax rules around how we're saving it is so, 
so important, being educated on that. So again, we'll make sure that we have those other couple podcasts at the bottom of the show notes at smartmoneyquestions.com. Blair, the other thing I would encourage you to do is if you actually go to smartmoneyquestions.com and you go to our video tab, last year I did a tax workshop helping people understand the new tax changes that went into effect January 1 of 2018 and are projected to sunset at the end of 2025. So you can go there. I have the full workshop actually recorded there. And then I did a couple other shorter videos that go into specific cases where we can see how we were able to help a client reduce the long-term tax cost in their retirement funds. So definitely go check that out, smartmoneyquestions.com and just click the video tab. So listen, the other thing, I wanted to go over this because I have this conversation so often when I am meeting with people. And well, I should say this, these are the things that they'll tell me, which in turn, what they're really saying is they're looking to describe how they view their financial security and wanting to make sure that they have it. So what I'm going to go through right now is addressing what does financial security mean to you? How are you defining that? It's so important because then when you have defined that and you go through this process, you can then look to have peace of mind on how your investment strategy is going to work, how your distribution plan is going to work, what your tax cost is going to be in that distribution plan. And then you can start to enjoy that financial security that you have defined. So, so many times I I hear this, which is, I don't want to be a burden on my kids, regardless of my health situation. I want to make sure that I never run out of money. Most of the time, those two are the top two things that people describe to me. These are their concerns, okay? After I retire, I want to be able to work part-time if I want to, but not because I have to. Many times, I will let everyone know, of the clients we have that they're in retirement, is we probably have about 65 to 70% of our clients go back to work or working at a charity or you know offering their time or their expertise in a part-time manner to be able to get back out engage have that social interaction you know I've got one client that went through a she works at a nursery and went through the process, I think it's called like a master gardener or what have you. She's clearly not doing it for the money. Does she make some money? Yes, because now she's teaching the course, but it's very minimal, but it's part of her passion. It's getting out there. So I want to make sure that if I, I'm going to go work part-time, I'm doing it because I want to, not because I have to. Next is if I need a knee replacement or a new transmission, (laughs) could be considered the same thing. I don't want that to prevent me from spoiling my grandkids' in the holidays. That is something that when I'm going over that with someone, I really want them to define that because I have had to tell clients, listen, you're being way too gracious on what you're giving, whether it's the grandkids, whether it's charities, what have you. Because when we look at how much assets we have and what our distribution strategy is, that's taking up a large portion. So really being able to define what that is. And I really talk about, you know, putting a dollar figure on it. And the next one is I don't want to watch my accounts continually go up and down to be worrying 
when those things happen. Because the reality, we all know, when we put money in the market, in general, we're going to see fluctuations in value. And so one of the things I've talked about before is how we can negotiate what that overall volatility looks like based on how we place the assets in the different buckets we create. We'll make sure to have that one, that podcast on there as well. Just did that at the first of the year after, you know, the fourth quarter was a little bit (laughs) of volatility. So when you think about what financial security means to you and how you're going to define it, these are just some of the questions that I have heard over the course of the last 10 years. And working with numerous individuals, you know, most of the time in between three and five, eight years from retirement to those that are in retirement and being able to really define what financial security means to you. And then you can go through the planning process on how am I going to place the assets? Where am I going to place them? And really be able to kind of take that anxiety. That's really the goal here is when we can define what that looks like and take that anxiety off of us then we can actually go out and enjoy things to go back to the person that says, you know, I want to, I want to work part-time only because I want to, not because I have to, is then they can go out and really enjoy the passion of whatever they're doing. I've got clients that love to travel. They can travel. And let's say in December, when the market was being extremely volatile, let's say that they're, you know, they're on a 30 day, actually have a client that just came in, I think it was a couple of weeks ago and got a great deal on a 26 day cruise from I think he's flying they're flying into San Juan and they're going all the way down through the Amazon and flying back home out of Rio 26 days well he wants they want to be on that trip and enjoying it and not doing what I'm watching my accounts constantly jump up and down you want to be able to have peace of mind as to what your plan is to go out and enjoy those things that you want to go accomplish so one of the things that I would tell you let's call this homework is really define what you consider your financial security to be. And if you are, you know, five, eight, 10 years from retirement and you start looking at that now, then you can start placing your assets and investing in a way to help you accomplish whatever you have defined your financial security to be. So I would highly encourage you to go through that exercise because as I said, these are the top things that I always hear about. And I think it's real important to, for those clients that are listening, you know that I have gone, you've gone through this with me is so many times people will come in with three or four questions, but then I'm asking 10 to 12 questions. And many times they don't have the answers to most of those. And our goal in working with them and interacting with them is to helping them define what those goals are. And taking the time to sit down and really define them, I think is really key to hopefully helping you really enjoy whatever your passions are and not worry about the finances. The reality is, are we going to worry about a little bit? Absolutely. But if we can remove as much anxiety as possible, it just lets us enjoy it all the better. So, you know, I I got this quote the other day and I got another question and the quote was from one, one of the guys, I remember the first time I heard him, I think I was 19, is expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. That was from the great Zig Ziglar. And something else that someone brought up to me the other day is, you know, can you describe some of the things about yourself that aren't really having to do with anything financial? And so someone that actually was in the other day asked me, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment so far in life? 
what is that? And please don't tell me it's helping somebody get through retirement. <laughs> I want to hear something else than what's in the financial world. And you know, the biggest, that really, you know, when you sit down and think and where I am right now, probably the biggest thing, and many of you that have kids would probably say this, but probably the biggest accomplishment that I would consider is my kids. So for those of you that don't know, Maggie and I have his, hers, and ours. And I still have a daughter that's down at Florida, actually getting ready to graduate in the in the fall from Florida Atlantic University in Boca. And that's a daughter from a previous marriage that I had. Maggie, my son, the oldest son, he is out at Seton Hill getting ready to graduate in the spring of next year playing lacrosse out there. And then we have ours who is uh, just got done with her junior year getting ready to be a senior in high school. And you know, the cool thing about it is at the age that they are now is when they want to chill and hang with mom and dad. And we have such a good time. And we, Maggie and I made a commitment a long time ago, because when I left Florida, I actually went to New York and then met Maggie and, and she joined me up there. And I just remember we would go down every month to go see Madison and the interaction that happened with the kids and then Ashley comes along and, and how they would all do that and how even to this day, they're still tight. And, you know, Madison was just up and flew out and we were hanging on the last day, all of us and, and just having a good time. So, and they're great kids. You know, of course, everyone's going to say that. I'm, I'm sure everyone is biased as we all should be. But I would say right now where they are in their life and, you know, just wanting to hang out with us, Maggie and I is really, really feels good. So that's probably what I would say so far is the greatest accomplishment that I have. And I, and of course, Maggie would be part of that as well. So listen, that's all I've got for today. Smart money questions, getting ready to sign off. If you have a situation or a scenario or a question that you want us to address, please just send that over. You can either go to smartmoneyquestions.com and there's a form there you can fill out or simply email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or pick the phone up 610-719-3003 and give us a call. And we'll be more than happy to address that either personally or put it on for everyone else to get value out of. So that's all I've got today. Oh, the other thing that we just started, if you would like to schedule a time to speak to me, you can go right to speakwithmat.com and my, my online calendar is right there. Or what you're going to notice now when you go to smartmoneyquestions.com, there's going to be a tab there to say, speak with Matt. You can go right in and schedule a direct call with me. It goes right into my calendar. So that's all I've got for today, everyone. I hope this has been of value to you. Go out and enjoy the holiday weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks again.